Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Hope you're well. We are nine weeks deep into your fantasy footy season. Gosh, almost a halfway through the year and there is a bunch of stuff that took place in the round that has just been and it is an interesting period of time as we prepare for the multi-buy rounds just two weeks away. In those multi-buy rounds, just so you know, three trades a week is what you've got available to you across all the formats in AFL Fantasy. It's use them or lose them. While Dream Team and Supercoach, it counts towards your total number of 30 trades available. We'll talk about the buys. We'll talk about the build into it and a bunch of other stuff on this episode. Uh, but joining me on this episode, I've got Kane on. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well, MJ. Another interesting week of footy. I think a few oh. results that people weren't expecting. I think some that people were expecting. I think some matchups that people thought, you know, players might cash in on and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen... It's a time you always start getting a few different roles. You know, we start getting enough data now when we get, you know, into around 10. Yeah. We can start seeing how maybe things that we thought were going to happen at the start of the year, they do actually change. Yeah. You know, the role that maybe someone had in the side to start the year and we, we built, oh my God, I've got to get this guy in because he's an absolute scoring machine. Yeah. Those things do sh- start to shift as players come in and out of the team and coaches try to find that best 22. And I think if we start with the guy in Jordan Reed, the MJ, that's yes. the guy to me is super fascinating this week. We know the concussion score yep. brought the price way down. People who started him, he was unbelievable. That first month, totally. he was incredible. Was he the number one player in Supercoach, MJ? Definitely in Supercoach. And certainly a, a, right up there with Laird in Dream Team um, and AFL Fantasy for the top defensive option too. Yeah, so I think when that concussion happened, everyone who didn't have him was licking their lips, making a plan, holding a spot in their side for Jordan Ridley. Now, what's been really interesting since he's come back is the new players that are in this this Essendon lineup. You think about Dyson Heffel's start of the season. In a game, out a game, out a game, in a game. And now he's very much settled in. He's got some time under his legs at AFL level, scoring very well, very consistently. Yep. Obviously a very capable guy with ball in hand, a good mark, a good build for a defender as well. Yep. And we throw in the captain. He's a cog back there. Nick Hind has been one of the picks of the offset. Awesome. He's been for what amazing. they gave up, what he provides with his leg speed, his dare to use mm. that leg speed, but also the kicks he bites off. Yeah, And the way he links up and really launches attacks, I think it's something that it's amazing that he left a team that cries out for that. It is is amazing that St. Kilda um, let him go, especially when he'd shown a um, propensity to play that position at VFL level, you know, to get him drafted. So kudos Essendon for grabbing him and he's been ultra impressive. We'll talk about him, I'm sure, a bit later as an option as a forward in in, um, Supercoach and DT, but also obviously the DPP forward back in AFL fantasy, which is handy. Yeah. And you throw in a guy like Mason Redmond. Now, not relevant in terms of us picking mm, him. Not at all. But what he's done to Ridley, he's taken these kickouts. You look at those early round numbers. Ridley had Everything. a monopoly. Every, Every one, one he was getting. So he was picking up anywhere between up to nearly 
35, 36 points worth some mm. rounds, but really as little as 15 to 20 at an absolute worst. Now he's still getting some, but he's not even the majority kick out taker anymore. So no. that's a big hit, MJ. We've spoken about that in the preseason a lot. For these guys that have the role, you need to be really careful when you pick them that they have the ability to hold that role and if not, pick up more. Because if that gets taken off them, that is a 15 to 20 point hit. And that's where I think we're at with Jordan Ridley. I know he scored well last week. He yeah, what, 97 odd, in DT. Just hit the ton in Supercoach. Yeah, too, I think it was yeah. a low 100 in, in Supercoach. But that, those free points have been taken away. Yeah, they have. Those free points that he was enjoying have been taken away. So while he's certainly value, he is. I think some people have the expectation that he's going to go back to that first four weeks of the season, Jordan yeah. Ridley, you know, the 110, the 125 plus in Supercoach guy. Yeah. And I just have some caution. I know the fixture's really good, but I look at a teammate and Nick Hind. He's in a line that we're struggling in. Forward. The fourth line is really tough this year. We're looking at Aaron You've Hall as a spoken about it premium. when you lose a Dunkley. Oh. Yeah, we have been. When you, when you lose a Dangerfield, when you lose a Dunkley, um, you lose a Marshall last week, mm-hmm. you have guys like Steel Sidebottom. Slowing. Dustin Martin's another guy we'll touch on. But yep. these guys that we've been banking on in previous years to be like, you know, when they're forwards, you've always got to consider them. Totally. A lot of those guys aren't delivering what we think. You look at this guy, Nick Hine, and you see it's the way it's move the ball. Very happy to kick market around. And as I said, they have a desire to get it into his hands. Now, you mentioned Aaron Hall. If you watch that game on the weekend, it is not dissimilar to the way North Melbourne use Aaron Hall because he takes the game on and he launches scores. He, when he has the ball, you feel like Essendon are going to score. When Aaron Hall has the ball, you feel like North are capable of scoring. And there's not many players in the league that can do that. So when I look at Hind playing in that back line at Essendon, but with that forward tag, I think maybe this is the guy that we're overlooking because yeah. so many people are gun ho on Ridley. Well, I think they look at someone like a Hind and go, oh, he, he was the, he along with Zebel were the two forwards that either coaches missed or that are enjoying that value ride from a stepping stone price point right up now to these guys are delivering premium numbers playing week in, week out. So I think some coaches are saying, oh, I'm not getting the value out of him anymore. Change your mindset on how you're viewing Nick Hind. That would be my encouragement. Same with Zebel. I think if you're a, a non zebel owner, I think the train has sailed. You've missed those big scores. It's too close to his multi-buy round. Um, people at the top of the tree already have him. So you need to look elsewhere. But Hind's nowhere near the ceiling just yet, although he's building over the past two weeks. But don't view him as, ah, oh, he's the value I could have got. Don't do that. If you look at what he's priced across the formats, he's still got, arguable value in him and his scoring deviation across all the formats is so low in a line like you said where we're getting stung by injuries and we're getting stung with variable scoring of our premiums he's one of maybe it's him Zorko and Zebel that crazy to say are the three that are the most consistent scoring forwards for us this year that haven't missed a game it's incredible yeah, I think it's just someone that I've noticed that and I think you're right, MJ. I think it is that reason that, oh, I could have got this guy 200K cheap at the start of the year. Like, I don't want to be overpaying. But as you said, if you look at just the numbers mm. 
and you watch the game. Yeah. And I've seen this guy be thinking, and this is someone as a non-owner going, oh, here we go. This is his game back to earth. You know, he's on 40 odd yeah, points, yeah. start of the fourth quarter. But what does he do? He keeps Chunks. working and he, yeah. and he puts in a 30, 40 point quarter because at the end of the game, if they're behind, yeah. okay, who can create some magic to get us back? And then on the flip side, when it's junk time, he's got yeah. the work rate to get into space and use his speed and get the loose ball. So I've just been ultra impressed. Again, I, I thought he was a guy that was of interest. Again, I had him capped at a 75, 80. I'm not going to lie, but yep. he's proved me wrong. He's proved to me that no, this guy can score. He's clearly up to AFL level. And this yeah, is mate. a totally different role to what we'd seen him play in the past. And you look at this Bombers team, he's not moving out of that role. There's not that, that danger that maybe some coach at the start of the year that, okay, he's, if he gets some injuries to this Bombers team, he's going to play for it. No, he is a weapon across yes. half-back. So yeah, I think he's one that you at least have to look really closely at. Has we mentioned scored under Dusty. 70 in any format, by the way? That is impressive, MJ, for a defender. Um, <laughs> Dusty. All right. Well, let's talk about Dusty. Arguably the most owned forward in Supercoach. Hugely valuable. History tells us across the formats, he's a 90s forward. And I'm really intrigued on your take because right now his value, round 13 by, huge value across the format. We've seen two or three really big scores. And then coaches look at this week, and there is a couple of factors that I think coaches are looking at. One, he's not unique. And sometimes at this point in the year, we can undo ourselves or outperform ourselves thinking I'm looking for a point of difference and we talk ourselves out of a guy. So, so that's one factor that people are looking at. He's, he's not unique. Two, he needed four goals too to just turn up in DT and AF. And to be fair, he was the match winner in that game. And he only got a 120 odd in super coach for a match winner that was that impactful. Super coaches would be thinking, oh gosh, that's a 130 game, but it wasn't. For, for whatever reason, I think in Supercoach, to be fair, like, like we'll talk about the other formats in a second. I, don't know, I feel like in Supercoach, if you're one of the 30% that don't own him, do you just keep running that gauntlet and just bank in a hind? Do you bank in a Heaney who's got even greater value at a lower price point? Or is this the gift, it's purely on Supercoach because we'll get to the other formats in a second, or is it just purely the gift that we just have to take it, it, it won't cost us anything, but we won't lose out of it either. Is this how we should be viewing Dusty or should we be aggressively looking elsewhere? No, I think he's a gift, MJ. I yeah, think I this is a player that durability, and again, yeah. let's be honest, sometimes super coach, it is a bit hard to go, how did we come up with these numbers? <laughs> and that was an interesting game because obviously the Giants exploded in the second quarter. Hogan, four goals himself. Yeah. Uh, again, I would think, the waiting of those moments with Dusty. But again, I know it's it's a formula. It's not clear cut that, yep. you know, goal. It's, it is hard. Again, I, you read out four goals, match winner turned the game. Um, you know, still had a fair bit of the ball. It wasn't like you just had four touches and there were four goals. You had, <laughs> you know, mid-20s in disposals. Yeah, that's right. Um, I thought that would be, you know, if you just asked me and you said Richmond's won, Dusty's kicked four, um, they were at important times in the game, I'd say, okay, well, it's a 140, 150. Yeah. But sometimes that's just how it goes. You know, there's probably going to be a week where we go, was he really that great? And he gets 100. I just yeah, think true. when you're that durable, 
when history says you get the job done every year every in that year. format, the price is what it is. And there's very little competition that you can feel comfortable about. I just think you go, you know what? Yeah, I don't love seeing four goals for a ton. But at the same time, he's very capable of doing that. I just think you go, too good value to pass up. Yep, I'll I take agree. a risk elsewhere if I need to. And also, a lot of footy to be played. We're nine rounds in. We've got 14 to go. You're yeah. getting a guy like Dusty. You just take it. You Look, better feel really... If, sorry, if you're, not, if you're not taking like Dusty, you better feel really confident in the player that you're picking instead. I think so. Look, if you look at what he's done, let, let's not include the 2017 Brownlow year because that, that's a unicorn year from him. But just going back 2019, 18, and 20, um, Supercoach averages of 103, 99, and 100. He's going at 96. It, but his value because of that concussion game. In Dream Team and Fantasy, 92, 97, a 74. If you want to do your before coronavirus average or whatever it is, it's around about that early to mid-90s as well. And right now he's priced at an 83. Remembering, factoring in that concussion-affected game that had no waiting. So for me, history tells you just the past three years, he's a 100 guy in Supercoach and he's a 90 to 95 guy in DT. And oh, what he's missed one game in 2018, two games in 2019, one game in 2020. And he's already missed one game from a concussion that I can't recall Dusty ever having before. So super durable, super consistent. He's going to cost you an AFL fantasy less than 100K from Tom Powell. Mm. Like, and he's really, just, he's immune He's immune to a tag for the most yeah. part. He's immune, he's immune to the fixture as well. Like there's some yeah. guys that we go, okay, the fixture's really going to help this guy. You know, you see a good matchup or you see, yeah. you see something and you go, yep. And I know people are thinking, geez, Brisbane's tough and Brisbane are tough. Very tough. But Dustin Martin is capable of scoring against anyone on any given day. Anybody. And the risk with not picking him is any given week, again, at this price, he could go nuts and yep. go 130 plus in DT yep. and 150 plus in Supercoach. And you go, yep. And now that price is back to a point where, and that's where I think the burn is not worth, you know, the, the risk in him having a bad game does not outweigh the upside of what he can do. And really, most weeks you're going to get between that 85 and 105. Yep. And again, there'll be the monster, there'll be the poor game for whatever reason. Yeah. But it's not as simple as going like some other midfielders. There's a tag, there's a tag. Because even exactly. if it is for someone example. as good as yeah. a Matt DeBoer or someone like that, he can go forward and impact the game in five minutes and take a score that was going to be a 60 and make it a 90. So I no, just I think the line is so bad. Yeah. Get a guy that you're just comfortable with, lock away. I know it's not different. I know it's not maybe super exciting. Go different elsewhere. Don't I just around. Think, I just think this is a guy that you feel better in. Now, some people go, I feel better in Ridley. Sure. And maybe so, but I just think you look at the back. And some of the backs that I think people are planning for, namely Lockie Whitfield off his bye. Yep. Do many people really have room to bring in a Ridley without having to side away as a premium? Yeah. I, mean, I, don't know many, I don't know if many teams will have that luxury of trades, to, you know, going and to go, I'm going to move Ridley to Whitfield. I'm going to move Jaden Short to Whitfield. I'm going to move Caleb Daniel. Like that is very um, luxurious. And some teams will be in that position. Yep. But if you're down rankings, um, 
I think you've just got to worry about getting these rookies off the field. And like I you said, so. if it's going to cost nearly less than six figures to get a pow to a Dusty in some format, Just do it. Just Imagine if you were told that at the start of the year. You would have jumped all over that every day. Put it in contrast to this. Again, every team's unique. And so the priorities of trade has to be factored. But in Supercoach, these are your top 10 defenders. Again, not trying to talk anybody out of Ridley, but focusing on where can you make the most benefit of points. And again, the other variable is, What's the cows on your field and who are you moving off the ground? That's the other factor to go into it. But in Supercoach, Mills, average of 112 for the year. Salem, second highest average. Who would have thought that in Supercoach? 106. Tom Stewart, 106. Jake Lloyd, 106. Sam Doherty, 106. Daniel Rich, 106. Rory Laird, 105. Jordan Ridley, there he is with a 104. Yep, injury impacted, sure, but a 104. And Blake Hardwick, 100. Who would have seen that coming? And then Luke Ryan with a 99. So they're your top 10 right now defenders in Supercoach, in DT and AF. Um, no real difference in that format in super, in AFL, the fantasy. There are some forward differences, but Mills, 109, Laird, 105, Doherty, 103, Rich, 99, Lloyd, 99, Crisp, 99, Salem, 98, Stewart, 97. Now the injured uh, for a couple of weeks, Bose, 94, Witherden played only half the season, but a 94 with Whitfield, Short, and Hooley banging on their heels. So it's what our defensive line is looking like right now. Strong, isn't it, MJ? It's really strong and consistent. And then let's look at the forward line. Again, AFL Fantasy, you've got a few additionals. You've got Kelly, Billings, and Fife are probably the three most relevant gains that you've got. This is what your forward looks like, not worrying about anything else. Dunkley, out injured, 115. Zebel, this is for uh, Dream Team, by the way. You've got Zebel 110, Zorko 100. Now we hit the 90s. <laughs> mm, didn't take long, did it? <laughs> Two eligible players. Smith 97, Hall 94, 92, Hind 91, Hogan, who's played just the two games, by the way, 91. And then side bottom is at 98. And he's eighth. Then it's Impey. It was at 88, sorry, MJ. 89, and that's eight. MP89 will remove Garner because he's just played the one game. Remember, this is including Hogan, who's only played two. And then Toby Green, who's now out injured, 88. Then it's Jack Darling. These yeah. are the top tier forwards. So this is why it's so important to look at, hey, let's get this balance of players right and maybe why Dusty's the right one for you. Then in Supercoach, Dunkley, 129. Zebel 118. Butters, injured after four games, 103. Then it's Zorko with 100. Now you're at the fifth best option, Taylor Walker, 98. We know what his past month yeah, has been. Yeah, he's trending like. down, isn't he? Trending down. MP96. Dusty, there he is, 96. McDonald, 95. Bolton, 93. Hind, 93. And then all you need to do is there's some not... You're looking at Sam Reed as the 16th best forward for average yeah it, it it's not a pretty sign is it no it's not and i think the thing as well that people like about a lot of these guys you know like a dusty for example is that you can we have a lot of flexibility in our midfields to swing guys so when you talk about moving yeah. a pal you can move a pal to a dusty and let a chad warner play another week in the forward line let a miles bergman play another week yeah in the forward line but you know eventually when i want to trade out warner Dusty's that forward. It's not quite as simple with the DPPs to no. do that in the back line. Now, a lot of people will have Laird 
And that's a nice way to do it. Some people have Harry Sharp, who is now out for 12 weeks with an ankle injury, but they can have that flexibility of knowing that they can swing things around. But it's not quite as easy, is it? Mm. You know, if you've got a lead, and again, do we have rookies in the back line that we feel comfortable with? It gets just a yeah. bit messy if you start getting a bit cute. Whereas I think we know with mid forwards, we've got Brockman, McRae, Scott. Alter, we've got so many guys that give us just flexibility to move stuff around. Then you get to the premium names, mm-hmm. you know, Zorko. We've got just so many options where we have flexibility bringing these guys in and out. And we can really get a look at our rookies by having a guy like Dusty. So I think that's where the appeal is of grabbing a forward. It's such a weak line. You Again, you read out those numbers perfectly, MJ. It just shows we think Dusty's poor. But in comparison to the forwards, he's still doing the job of a top six guy, really. Yeah. When, he's, when he's on the field and playing, let alone the value we're getting, I just think you don't overthink it. Now, I've got some other names that... All right, let's do that. Some I feel good about, some... I don't. Again, a guy that was spoken about a lot last week, he did a good job on the weekend. I think some coaches might have been a little bit disappointed. That was James Harms. Yeah, got what, a very 80, late plus, plus eight, plus eight which was handy. Yeah, 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 got an 82, I believe. Um, I will say, being at the game, Roll was 100% there. Uh, had a good first half, very quiet in the third, came home strong. Um, no surprise that in the third, Jordan had a 50 point quarter. Oliver was sensational. Petrarca was sensational. Gorm was sensational. So really, um, there was a lot of mobile players getting the ball. It just didn't happen to be James Harms, you know, but the team was just doing its thing. And obviously, they're 9-0 and ticking along. I think the key thing you had to be clear of with Harms, MJ, is what was the role he was playing in your team? Now, AF, it's a very simple stepping stone you bring him in, he plays all the way through the buys and you move him on. I don't think too many people had him pegged as a top six guy, especially when you read out the numbers you just read out, MJ, that really, if you're not 100, you're not a top six guy in the back line this year. Um, so to have a guy like Harms, it was a clear stepping stone play. And I think in DT, you had that option. And probably Supercoach as well, you had that option because the price was so good. He was yeah. priced so cheaply that you could do that. Now. Do you feel like that in those formats when you've just seen a price rise eat into that, you know, mm. cash that you were generating as well? How do you feel about a James Tom in probably primarily the limited trade format? Oh, I think he was always going to be a, uh, at worst, an 85 guy across the formats who can potentially squeeze maybe 15 points from that. I think this week is going to be a great matchup for Melbourne. I think harms and if you look at the numbers of what midfielders are doing especially those that win the in and out ball and harms can do both are destroying are being are destroying the crows at the moment who really are struggling to with a depth of midfield once they lose um laird sloan and keys if that three isn't rolling through they're they're just getting exposed and that's happening with young teams as well so i think there's going to be a nice little payoff for coaches that jumped on him last week i think if an 80 is a basement that we're going to get out of him between now and the bite it's fine um i still think he's value in afl fantasy there's still some money to make in the other formats too um, well, there's four price movements mj until the buy so that's yeah. where you really that's where you're going to ride him through to so i think You'll probably get to top dollar by then. I, I think you too. are going to get the max. It's just now 
you know, you've missed 40K. Yeah, give or take. Do, do you have room for a stepping stone, especially limited trades? Well, that do becomes you- the hard part for coaches too, isn't it? As, as maybe some coaches have earned two, three, four injury force trades this year, whether it be because of a Neil type or a Dunkley or a Dangerfield. Now, Marshall, Bose is another Bolton. The, the list just goes on and on of injury force trades. I don't, I don't know any coach that has had less than two injury force maneuvers and then a couple of one or two idiotic moves that they might have made during the year so for me i think that's the plan if he goes 95 between now and the end of the multi buy round and your structure can hold it he's not the worst d6 for the year he, he's really yeah, not the worst not. value d6 for the year I, I have more trust in him than a gf holding down d6 across the formats given he's shown historically he's a 90 mid um, when he plays yep. in and around that role. So there are extra mouths that are feed though, aren't there? The, the reason it's appealing soon. as well is Viney will come back in. We haven't seen obviously Viney, Jordan, Oliver, Petrarca, and Harms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got to think back to Harms' best year. Petrarca wasn't the player he's now he in any way, shape, or form. But at the same time, Melbourne is doing a great job controlling the ball. It's yep. a very fantasy friendly game style. So I think it is enough. I think the appeal of Harms last week was the price you got him at. It's yeah. very easy to not get attached. Get him to the buy and drop, and then take the pick of what else you want. Yeah, I think that was the appeal. You start getting to the point now where you go, Ooh. "Ooh, I'm not quite getting the cash Correct. that I was hoping for." Yeah, you know, maybe the scores are like you said, 85. Now that puts him in a range where you go, "Is he in my D6?" Because where it gets interesting is if Viney comes back. And he's squeezed out yeah. or scoring drops. Now, I don't think scoring drops below a 70. So that's, you know, not disastrous. But you are off the pace. You know, even if we just compare into a top six, you're 30 points off the pace of what you just read out Yeah, a week. In some and that formats, starts yeah. hurting quickly. So I think, I think he's a guy that, hey, for fantasy, if your structure fits. Go for it. Nice. You can play on. You'll feel really comfortable. Get you through the buys. Then move him on. Now I've seen I've seen this name thrown around and it does have me scratching my head because I can't work it out. Maybe you can help me, MJ. All right, I'll come off Peter the long Lattins. run. Okay, I, I can come off the long run for this for you. There is not a world in a salary cap format of any type that I would advocate for Peter Laddams. If there is a format that would be the most tempting to go for him, now he's only getting an opportunity because Lysette's out injured. I'm not injured, so suspended. suspended. Yep. Three more games he's got to go, which is round mm-hmm. 11, round 10, which we've got this week, Port's buy round, and then he'll play again. Here's why you don't do it. One. Well, he'll play, he gets, he's got three more games, MJ. Three more What's games in four weeks. Even yes, now, let's correct. look at the next three weeks. If I told you, you're going to get a guy that will play only 66% of available game time between now and the end of round 12, you're not trading him in. So, so again, in Dream Team and Supercoach, he, he is not an option because of the limited trades and he is not a long-term prospect. So let's then specifically come to AFL Fantasy and then I'll talk about drafts in, in a second. In AFL Fantasy, this is the format people are looking at him probably the most. He's 450000 What's his break-even? That's always the key thing you look at these guys. What's the money they can make? His break-even is seventy-two. Even with a 90, what does he go up? 15, 20K? Really? What does he do mm. the week after that? And goes another 90. And now we'll talk about the fixture matchups in a second. 
what does he go another he goes another 30k so he makes you another 50k over the next three weeks because he won't play round 12 you've got a bloke even cheaper in isaac heaney who is a proven 90s guy yes he's got injury risk attached to him but he's cheaper and will play if fit the available next three games the next four and he's clearly best 22 and there's no fixture matchup that scares me whereas with laddams who to port play this week probably one of the worst rucks to come up against in terms of the athletic mobile part that laddams offers it's Brody grundy at no world can I get behind Laddams as an advocate move in AFL fantasy. I just can't do it. Even the week after Fremantle is Sean Darcy. Cool. Yeah. The key with these guys, MJ, is you have to see the ceiling game yep. being there to spark the catch. Yeah. Either it happened the week before, like you said, and the break even is in the 30s or even 20s. You can see 40K or you go, in. Or you go, oh, my God, this is – you know, a couple of years back when Riley O'Brien played the Richmond with no rucks, no rucks. and you go, well, you this is a 120 easily. Yeah. I just don't see how this is an option. It, it he scored is not an option. Well, against Sweet. Well, in Dream Team and Fantasy. Yeah, he did. But for a two week play, nah. again, the cash isn't there. No. Nah. Now, this is the other thing. You may have a plan that. At his buy, you're moving. You watch something else pop up. Something will come. And now he stays another week. Mm-hmm. And then he gets dropped and you have to move him on. In the middle of and when he you should be upgrading. In the, well, MJ, if he gets dropped when he should get dropped, which is round 14, mm-hmm. isn't that when you want him to be playing? Aren't mm-hmm. you wanting to move on round 14 guys then? In two round guys 14. that are playing, not around 12 That's guys. That's why you're moving on. Your Warners, it's Harms, where you're moving on your yeah. Rose, your Harms, um, your Jordans. You'll Jordan be if, yeah, exactly. yeah, so I just think no, it has disaster. The only place I'd go for him is in a draft league where you can get the couple of weeks now and then sell him. It just yeah, I don't think he's got any value. Oh, he won't have any you value. Can watching the guy play, you can just maybe someone someone will go, Oh, yeah, I need him, and you go, mate, he'll only play one more week. Okay, fine, he'll get you through a buy round. Um, let, let's attach some picks or an upgrade of a player for like that's yeah. the only format and or Just daily fantasy. Daily fantasy. Mm. He, he's a two week rental in draft leagues and daily fantasy, and he is not a salary cap option in my eyes. What about on the cows front? Oh, it's it's not <laughs> a pretty picture, is it? Last week, and we talked about this um, with uh, I think it was Rids on the podcast uh, or yourself as well. Um, it was around. It was double downgrade week last week, wasn't it? It was Riley Collier-Dawkins on the bubble, Caleb Poulter on the bubble as a mid-forward, Oes for Carlton, if you happen to have that. He was a nice little option, and Burns um, at St Kilda. So we kind of had four relatively strong options in terms of perceived security and solid enough scoring um, across the lines. We got lucky with a high more last week, so that helped coaches out as well. I look at the coach, the guys that played a game on debut last week. None of them really scream to me that I that I'd feel confidence with them getting more than a week or two. And heading into the buy rounds, where coaches are potentially already holding a sharp type, a Rantall type, a McRae type. Yes, they help DPP, but they don't seem to be coming back to play anytime soon. Alec Waterman 
is another one. Thomas Highmore. Brockman. Brockman yeah, is a great call. Highmore, I thought he was good, but you just never can trust that he's going to hang through there. Lockie Jones sounds like he's going to be back, um, at least at um, a level of football this week, but he's he's no certainty to force his way back into that AFL side, but he's certainly an option through there. There's just so many dead cows, let alone cows that aren't generating cash anymore in a, on a Warner type or a Row type or a Powell type. I think last week was your double downgrade because there wasn't anybody that really screams, you want me now or in the next week or two that debuted last week. Yeah, I agree, MJ. I think that's why you got to be really careful with your upgrades because yeah, if you take the value guy and it, and it hits, that could be another 100K. Because yeah. You do that a couple You can afford because I agree. I don't. Some guys that are getting nice numbers at the low levels. You know, Bianco looks like he's um, been getting some praise and his numbers look really strong. Yeah. But again, I think we've heard this story before with Collingwood. Um, you know, they're all playing great roles at VFL level and then they get very limited opportunity at AFL level to do that. And it's very hard to score when you play in the, the forward pocket. It's a very hard hard role to do. And um, unfortunately for Collingwood players and us as fantasy coaches that have them, Yeah they're not the fantasy team they were in previous years. They're not holding the ball. True. It is hard to have it. Now, there's some players like a Jack Crisp that seem to be immune to the team's performance, which is great. And obviously Grundy's, for the most part, doing a good job. And Pendlebury does his thing. But, um, you know, a player like Sidebottom that, that thrives on ball control and working hard for those marks and all that stuff, clearly impacted. Yeah. You know, and then- Maynard was a genuine top six last year. And look at him now. Fallen by the wayside. Yeah, now, to go is probably his own his own beast in terms of his consistency. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I just think at this point in time, you've almost got a plan that you don't have a downgrade. Well, I, and I, think I think the only it, way to work around that is to have value. And, and that's why looking, um, overlooking the likes of a Dustin Martin feel for me really risky to do. If, if I try to forecast who might get games and get a run of games from them now to the back end of the year in varying price points and levels, I, I think it's not a great option, but a Denver Granger Barras for Hawthorne, they, they just need to pull the trigger on this rebuild. And while as a key defender, he won't score great, you won't want him on field after the buy rounds. Um, and so for me, I think they're going to need to give him games. So, so he's certainly a viable option between now and the back end of the year. If he can get himself fully fit and right, I think a Luke Peddler from the Crows, they'd be foolish not to give him a run of games at some point during the year. Um, Kieran Briggs looked okay, but Bruce isn't all that far away. Um, and Mumford, but again, maybe they there was enough for Cameron to to really, really like that split of what he saw for those guys. Um, Eli Smith, we've lost him to injury pretty much from now to the end of the year. So he's not really an option to really consider. Elijah Hollands might be back for the last mm. month, but I can't see Gold Coast rushing him. Well, Elijah, let's be let's be honest. This is this is when we need the players. We need these rookies to play in some combination of and Hugo Rousmith was good. Now, the only way to guarantee that happens, mm. yeah, the only way to guarantee that, though, is to trade them in when they're named for those rounds. Yeah, That's the only way that you feel confident. You yeah. have to be planning. If you have McRae, Finn McRae, yeah. you're planning for a zero or a non-playing player in your buy planning. Yeah. If you have Rantel, he's not playing. That's no, how you not. have to think. 
imagine that and now you're hoping for luck you're hoping they'll play again for those guys you're hoping they play in round 12 or 13 waterman you're hoping he plays in round 12 or 14 you're hoping for this stuff but in your mind you have to think okay they're not playing they're zero and i don't want to waste and i don't want to waste a trade burning going sideways no cash for no cash to a guy that i have equal concern about less equal exactly so this is when you start having to get creative once you do that assessment of your own team and see oh boy okay i i mean i'm on 12 players right now yeah because these guys are dead wood to me yeah now the good thing is they're dead wood and they're rookies so yeah that's really great. it's it sucks it will suck for the week but yep. you can forge through you can burning a trade to go sideways cow to sideways cow and that cow gives you 30 points probably not worth the trade when you can do some other stuff i agree but we spoke about this a few weeks ago we flagged the sicily trade that we spoke about last year yep. guy that is at top top dollar mm-hmm. now ideally they have a later buy obviously because <laughs> what i'm about to suggest guy that is top top dollar and the thing you need to note is it's not just a McRae type who's mm. expensive, but this is what they do. It's really a guy that does what Tex Walker did at the start of the year. Yeah. Wow. They are priced that they can't sustain. Again, they're deserving of it because they've scored that obviously to get that price, but it's not Correct. sustainable. Yeah. This is where if you're if you're smart and you plan things out, that's where you can make your 200k that gives you a rookie up now the thing we are lucky with this year mj the rookies that we have on the field they're very good most people have jordan rcd yep warner's fine bergman Al. like they've got to a point or they will get to a point in rcd's case where it's not going to cost you as much to get the premium that you want from there i agree it might only be one premium to one value premium that gives you enough cash to take Warner and Powder, two players that you love. Like that's how lucky we've been with these good cows that we've had. So I just think people will start looking, they'll start thinking, okay, what, what am I around 14 or 13 guys that, you know, maybe have come through a purple patch? Was the yeah. purple patch a good fixture? Was it that there was a teammate out of the side that they absorbed a good role? Was it just, yeah, a good purple patch of form that saw their scores and price explode. Yeah. And it's those creative ways, especially in AFL fantasy. And this is what I will say about sideways. You don't want to just sideways for sideways. If you can collect 50, 60, 70, even 100K in these sideways, yeah. and you think you're getting like for like points long-term, yeah. plus an extra player in the buys, that's what the good coaches are doing and looking at. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk anybody out of a Zebel down to a Heaney or a, a Dusty. Maybe not Heaney because of that ankle concern. But if that's going to net you 150k, and now you're not, it's what's the gap between a Dusty and a Zebel from now to the end of the year? I don't think it's drastically different. Maybe maybe five to ten points a week in Zebel's favor on a good week for Zebel um, over the average. And, and then if that's the difference between getting then a Highmore or a, maybe you're still rolling a Clark or, or a Kaczynski up to a value of a Caleb Daniel or a Ridley, 
Well, those points combined, I really like that. I suppose it's an interesting point as we look at these value options and maybe we'll talk about this before we move to some of our Patreon questions um, is while getting value is important, what happens if we don't get these top elite tier guys? Now, we don't really have them in the forward or the back line this year that are so scarily big towering over everybody else. Um, certainly in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, that's not the case. Um, in Supercoach, maybe someone like Mills is a, a little bit closer to it or a Zebel, historically, at least based on average right now, is that. But what do you do if you're looking through that midfield, you're going, oh, Andy Brayshaw's looking pretty value. Oh, Isaac Heaney's looking pretty value. Oh, Jordan Ridley's looking pretty value. And like you said, it might rule you out of getting a Lockie Whitfield type off the buy or getting a Patrick Dangerfield type when he's fully fit off the buy and miss him. It might mean you miss a Lockie Neal who by after the buy should be pretty fit and is at a basement price. So it's forecasting that you're going to miss these guys that historically have been the guy in that line what happens if you miss these clear top tier guys, but you're getting value in the middle of that? Is that okay? What's your take on skimping on a potential premium that's the big guy versus the close enough but 100 grand cheaper guy? It's a really tough one to work out, MJ, because there's so many factors. Yeah. Clearly taking value leaves you more cash to do something else. So yeah. The equation is always, okay, what did you do? with the cash yeah. clearly you took a value option did that allow you to get a rookie that was a 40 guy to a premium that was a 90 did you take two 60 guys to 290 guys what what does happen though if you settle too often is that you cap the scoring potential of your side if you take value at every point and you cap your back line with 90 averaging guys your midfield with 100 averaging guys your yeah. forward line with 90 averaging guys what starts to happen is if you don't have that elite, it all sounds good in theory that, okay, I've got those extra 50 points sure. this week, but if I waited another week, I could have done another downgrade that got me the cash to get to the 110 guy. Yeah. Now that 50 points sounds great this week, but over the next 10, does that other premium outscore the other one by 15 points a week? Yeah, and now you're 100 cool. points down because they got another 150 points. Like that's always the balance of yeah. value. You want you want value. Yes. Obviously, you want them to be as good as possible. But sometimes, if you don't go that top liner, that quick one week hit you got of having yeah. an extra premium can nice. be ran over the top by someone having a better premium. Yeah. So that's why it's always really hard. You. And that's what people always say, you know, who's my top six forward? Who's my top six back? Who's my top eight mid? And what they're talking mm. about is if I get this perfect team together, mm. I have the best ability to score big, big points. Sure. Now that's the theory of it because you have the top guys in each line. Correct. Again, we all know that identifying them, that's especially the as you always say, MJ, from now till end of the year, we should put on a T-shirt. That is the thing. Last year, it was Sam Walsh. That was the guy that if you got him on the run home, you're laughing. If you got Luke McDonald on the run home, 
Yeah. You're laughing. Like Josh Dunkley's done it. Again, so many great players for us have done it in previous yeah. years and, you know, we rolled them into the next year. That's what you have to work out. What hurts when you don't take value yeah. is you pay overs yeah. and, you under, and they underperform. That's when you get really, really hurt. Value is safe in a sense that it's very unlikely if they're value, yeah. you're not going to get what you pay for. Like it does the mutton price at 80. Yeah. You're going to get what you pay for and more. Yeah, that's right. Now, is it 100? Is it 110? Is it 90? Well, you'll work out, but at least you're covering yourself. True. It's more comes to the fact that, and that's why a lot of people suggest, and we talk about it, start your team with who you think the top few in each line are. Yeah. Because then it becomes easier to get value. If you start with just value, yeah. you can get full premium quicker, but you totally. don't have the big dogs. You don't have, for example, McRae. You don't have merit. You yeah. might not have had um, a, a lead or a mill. Like you've got good guys and you've got quicker points. Mm. But again, that's what I said to Marathon. Over the course of the year, does that premium and rookie outweigh totally. your two good value premiums? And that's why. Sometimes it will. Sometimes, yeah. That's the thing. There's no right answer. Sometimes if you nail that value premium enough, it is enough. Sometimes it's better to take the cow that you've got him at priced at 20 yeah. and they give you 70s. Like Pulled it's up. a very tough equation. Yeah. And it's one where it's just so team team dependent. And also you just got to make a guess sometimes. You got to just think, yep, I think this is such good value. And sometimes yeah. you luck into value that becomes a top six guy. Nick Hind. And you didn't even yeah. have that expectation. Yeah. So um, it's a tricky one, MJ, but I know you said we had some really good questions tonight as well. we got some bolters in this episode to be able to get through. Of course, these all come from our Patreons who support the Coaches Panel. You can join our Patreon supporter group at coachespanel.tv. All the links are there. There's a supporter tier that's right for you. And depending on the tier, you get a bunch of different rewards and exclusive access. Just a couple of new Patreons have jumped on board in just the last couple of days as premium supporters. Jonathan Fenton, mate, thank you so much for your support. James, Lord, and Phelan Holmes. They are all our premium Hall of Fame supporters. If you want to see the full list of them, by the way, uh, it's online too at Coaches Panel. TV. All right, these are the questions that some of our Patreons have thrown in, and there's some interesting ones for you to go. In Supercoach, Kane, Peter wants to know this. Should we just hold Bose? He's got the cover, even if, he says, I've got cover, even if players don't get dropped. So I'm assuming he might be alluding to a high more type through there. You're a Bose owner. He's going to miss round 12 regardless with an with the buy. He won't play before the buy, and it's a two- to three-week injury. If you're a Bose owner, you would have been devoted because unique premium injuries are the worst kinds. What do you do if you're a Bose owner in Supercoach? Is it a trade or a run and hold and play after the buy? Oh, I think it's a good opportunity to have a look at your buys. That's and if true. you've got an issue there, you know, can you quickly make an adjustment? You know, he's around 13 or 14 player better suited. We know that we've spoken about the value of Ridley. We've spoken about the value of Daniel. Maybe you've got some other DPPs. I just think um, I like Bose. Obviously, he's had a really hot start. He's coming back to earth a little bit. And unfortunately for that game plan, they want to play of a lot of kicking and marking. That does get more challenging as we get into the winter months. Yes. Um, So I'm not opposed to holding, but I'd be very strongly looking at, can I make another move to strengthen me for the buyers? And obviously, as a result, get some quick reward for the two games he's going to miss. 
that you can have another premium. So even yeah. if you're getting 50 points a week on that, that's 100 plus the buy. And plus MJ, no guarantee he does come back. Well, that's it. Buy. It's a hamstring. So that's what, so- that's what, yeah, that's what worries me as well. Yeah, for me, hopeful, but I think I'm leaning towards trade. I, I, I'm trade too. Um, three, his lowest score in the opening four weeks of the year was a 95 against the Crows. Um, he's only had one score over that range, granted a couple of 90s, but only one score over that range in the past five games. So for me, um, I, I'd absolutely make the trade. It was a similar advice Rids gave about Shy Bolton last week. Through the buys, you don't want to be carrying guys that might not play that you're expecting them to use it to, like you said, fix up your buy structure, get a value defender in another line, get that extra week out that you might not have been able to do and, and be able to fix some stuff. So I, I agree. I think Bose is a trade and it's just a bit of bad luck, unfortunately. Big Mal in Tassie wants to know this. He doubled down last week in super Creek, super coach. So he could do the double up this round. However, he says, if Lockie Young gets named in the 22, Am I crazy? Must be Lockie Jones, right? And Lockie Jones, sorry. I'm going to go with that too. Um, am I crazy not to grab him too? He's got Shoal, Cozzy, Murphy, and Highmore of his F of his five through to eight. But he is keen on Ridley and Bond. If Lockie Jones get named this week, those that jumped early will be thrilled. Those that don't have him, probably a little annoyed because this is the week coaches have been targeting that double upgrade of some value guys that we've talked about. What does he do? If Lockie Jones plays, does he take that extra cash cow option and, and delay the upgrade season or does he go full system ahead? Um, the good news is at least we'll know teams on Thursday night, all teams Thursday night with the, mm. with the extended quads squads of Friday. What well, it's think? interesting one MJ because you're paying for points in this scenario. And what I mean by that is at the price Ridley's at, he's probably going to go up as well. So if you're thinking about Ridley going up, let's just say even as low as 15, 20K, you know, what is, what is a Jones, even go up MJ, does Jones just go up 40K? You know, does he go up 50K? So really like you win the game by getting points. So I'm more inclined to take the premium when I can and hope that, you know, a Ridley outscores Jones by 50. Yeah. You know, he goes up his 15, 20K Ridley. Jones goes up his 50. Okay. Sure. I'm overpaying 30K, but I got 50 points. Like, is is that, again, what do you equate dollars to be? Would you rather have 50 points and 30 less K in your bank? Yeah. You know, if it was an equation like that, again, I'm, I'd, I want the points. Now, yeah, I don't think Lockie Jones plays. Yeah, me But too. I'd rather have the points and overpay a little bit, get him after he's gone up one price rise. Yeah. Um, but yes, I hope for our sake, we don't have to worry about that. I'd love well, him after he's by Port Adelaide, if you're listening. Yeah, we'll, we'll, that'd be great, <laughs> uh, Ken Hinckley. And again, not only do we have to probably wait till Thursday night, knowing Ken Hinckley, he'll probably tell us Thursday morning. So we yeah. might get the advantage. He's very good at that. Um, he, he is excellent, as is the, re- the rest of his coaching staff at night. Uh, AFL fantasy question from Stephen Summers. Uh, I'd appreciate your thoughts, lads, on Ronan O'Connor. Or would, pref- or would you prefer Lockie Jones if selected? Also, who goes first, Rantel or McRae? Um, I'll give you my take on O'Connor. So I'm a Crows fan, so I can wave that flag a little bit and then um, I'm happy to let you take the others. This is my take on O'Connor. I don't think he's ready for the elite level of AFL. He's a WA native, got 50% game time. 
clearly a, a good option. Tall, big, strong midfielder. Loves the stoppage, loves the clearance, and added some good defensive stuff with the tackles. So all of those elements are things the Crows midfield do not have. They don't have a big 190-plus guy, and they don't have a guy that's really intense on the defensive stuff. Keys is the closest, but I think if you ask any Crows fan, they want Keys out of that best 22 in two years' time in terms of the young kids developing and coming through. O'Connor, I think it was a nice at-home, lets them all see you play at the elite level. And he did okay, but 50% game time. No sandful over the weekend. I think it was a, hey, mate, this is what it takes to get to the elite level against a really high-quality midfield, even undermanned for West Coast. Right, go back to the second tier. Now let's work on your strengths, use your weapon, build through there. So I think O'Connor's just another version of Rantle, which is you might get another game or two, but you won't get any money out of him this year. That's my take on O'Connor. What about those others through there? What's the priority? Obviously, none of them feel I think good. the thing is, and this is just a personal preference of mine, is I prefer to run the gauntlet improving my 22 on the field. I agree. And hoping that these guys come back in. And yeah. what I mean by that is sometimes you can be too hasty. People moved on a Bergman. Yep. People moved on a high more. Yeah. And you end up just trading into a position. Again, you're not netting much cash in these That's moves, it. if any. And again, when I have no confidence in job security, yeah, I agree. It's not very appealing. You know, there's I'd rather move a premium who's got a bad buy from my side to one that has a good guy and go good buy and go, at least I can explain that away. I'm doing this for this. Yeah. They help me get through the buyers and I do this. If I had immense confidence, if I, it was RCD, yeah, you know, I, I'd pay, I'd pay 40 k. But we yeah, don't different. have one of those no. anymore. So my thing is, let's just wait. Yep. Wait, 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 wait. Do I want to side again? When you're sideways,ing these guys that are on the field, yeah. Again, what are you trying to achieve? Because even in the buyers, right? Yeah. Just say it gets to round twelve, and you're a, you're a player down. You're a player down. Maybe round 12 is not the best example, actually. Maybe we'd say it's round 13. Sure. Right? So you can trade to someone who's off their buy. And you have, you've got, you're staring at a donut because Bianco, or sorry, let's say Rantel isn't playing and you were mm-hmm. hoping he'd play. Are you better off trading Rantel to a, let's just say an example, it is O'Connor, who's still at that price, or just for this example, mm-hmm. and he gives you a 50? Or are you better off trading Jaden Short to a Lockie Whitfield? or to someone else that's off their buy. I know what I'd rather do. It's sideways either way. Now, some people would say, oh, at least the sideways of the cow can generate your cash to strengthen your team. But we're not, I don't see these guys as that level of quality. So for me, back to the question, McCray and Rantel, you just hold them. You worry about other parts of your team. Yeah, you hope okay. they play. You hope to God they play. <laughs> and they can help you, especially in those buy rounds. Um, but I would just be pushing them down the priority list at the moment because I just don't see a cow that's um, worth sidewaysing for. No, nah, look, Ralph Smith, I thought we was fine on the weekend, but half of the Richmond midfield is due back in the next one to two weeks. So as good as he was on the weekend, he wasn't a great scorer, but he showed some promise. I think Richmond can't can't move Collier Dawkins out of that side. He, he, There is no world, even with those boys coming back in, that I can see him 
being dropped. Whereas someone like a Mansell, and he's or, the or third, third year guy in the system, MJ. That's a thing as well. He's third, yeah. fourth year guy in the system. They've been finding ways to want to get him in. They finally got the opportunity, and man, especially look at the, the reward too. Look, when you put that time into him, they haven't rushed him. He's yeah. played a lot of really good VFL footy and premiership yeah. VFL sides. And yeah. God, could you imagine going to training just with the talent at that list? <laughs> yeah, and again, it's, it's um, unfortunate for these guys like McRae and Rantel. They're, again, they're guys who didn't get to play last year either, no, MJ. Victorian COVID, like, it's very tough. So as just to repeat what I said, you hold, you hope, and you assess at the buys. I agree what's the best way to get through this week? And as you say, sometimes you just eat a donut because in the long term, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. The, the best bit of advice, and there's some articles coming for our Patreons real soon um, around my top 10 tips to get you through the multi-buy rounds, but but here's two of them really quickly for you. One, stop counting the 18. Just count your premiums. The rest of the numbers, they don't matter. It's all about premium numbers week to week to week. Whether you get 18, 20, I don't care. Count your premiums. Don't count your total players. That's where your points are coming from. And then the second thing I'll, I'll tell you is this, is get cows off the ground ASAP. You don't want cows on your ground after the multi-buy rounds if you can afford it. Over this next five weeks, Get aggressive, get a plan, keep it fluid because life will change. Just ask Bo's owners this week, ask Marshall owners this week. Life and plans mean you need to change, but have a plan so that over these next six weeks, by the time you enter into round 15, it is a cow-free zone. Um, treat treat yourself like a, a vegetarian. You, you don't want any meat on the field. Uh, when it enters into round 15, if you can help it. And if you can plan it that way, you can get the cash generation going that way. That is absolutely the way to go for me because I don't see any great ones coming for what it's worth. But also that's where you're going to get the best um, points differential. Jordan's great. Run him to the buy. Warner's fine. Run him to the buy. Yep. He won't be at peak price. It doesn't matter. I'd rather lose the 20K in value, but that 200 points he's going to net me over the next month but I'll be able to perfectly time him to bringing in a danger field who's coming off an injury. So for me, they're just two of the bits of advice that will wrap up this tasty little episode for you. But that is coming next week for our Patreons. So a nice little incentive. And any tier, by the way. We'll throw that one in there for you as well. So a nice little thing. Hey, Kane, you've been magnificent on this episode as always, mate. Thank you, MJ. I've enjoyed it. I think we've covered a lot of stuff. I think I feel a little bit better about my trades. And I think I just even reminded myself just about some of the planning because it does get a bit crazy. It does. Um, people throw out the common sense of fantasy around this time yep. all to avoid one donor, Yep. which again is often a rookie, which is often 30 to 50 points. So yeah, sometimes it's nice just to have a reminder of what do I want this team to look like? And you mentioned right there perfectly out of the buys, what do I look Be like? Be better out of the buys with premiums. Um, and again, if you think there's a guy that's value or if you think there's a role change, sure. Like that's what's going to happen. That's what's so exciting It'll about happen. fantasy after the buys in particular. There's guys that started sluggish mm-hmm. that will come home like steam trains. There's guys that you think that's a guy I need that you realize, oh, wow. In hindsight, he was overpriced. You know, yeah. something changed. And 
the thing we always say, and I'll leave on this note because it's that time of year where this stuff does start happening. After the buys, teams start realizing they are in contention. And They're then, not in contention. They got something to play for. Yeah. They don't have something to play for, especially in those bottom teams. Whether yeah. it's people put in for surgery, whether it's you know what, how does this guy go in this role? Yeah. Let's that experiment. stuff will happen every day. So every game. Just keep a watch out for that. But again, one last reminder: think about the buyers with your trades this week. Just really think, and like MJ said, your premiums, your premiums. And that's why people always say, if you backload those premiums, you have choice. They're they're available for you. It's not just premiums because they're scorers. It's Mm. premiums because they're on the field. Flashback a month. How good did we feel about Gordon? Yeah. We felt good about Campbell, you know, six weeks ago. What happens? They get tired. And then what happens when they get tired often? there's an injury yeah and that's where the premiums they're mature guys they played year in year out they're hardened to this level they're going to be available now their scores yes they could have a poor score but hey i'd rather a poor score than no score in the buys when we're all fighting tooth and nail just to have enough people on the field so i hope that helps i hope people have a good week i know people are going to be excited when they listen to this probably today i'll say today because Teams it's are coming Thursday out when people are listening. I know, I know people are so excited. I'm excited. Um, the more information, the better. Yes, late changes will probably go up. Thanks, Geelong. You probably have to be just as cognizant yes. as you have been with a rolling lockout, which yeah. won't change. Um, but from a discussion point of view, how good is it just to have some teams on a Thursday night? It It'll feels like back to the old days we all love it we all played fantasy when it was like that we're used to it it does help at least gets your mind ticking over for those changes that you didn't expect to happen correct Um, so it is a very exciting time gives time for some variables at pleasure if you love this episode make sure you leave a five-star rating and review subscribe and follow us across wherever you're getting this podcast platform there's another episode you can go back and check myself and jimmy did the ultimate footy player positions that have just dropped after this round of conclusion for ultimate footy draft league and there's articles dropping every single day from the full team jordox john the myself, Kane, we're all dropping stuff at coachespanel.tv. Go and check it out. I hope this week footy goes well for you. Until we chat to you next week, have a good one and all the best. Give it a-